sing this morning. Brother Ken comes to lead us. He looks like a pretty Easter egg this morning, don't he? <laughs> Amen. Let's stand and sing. All right. Amen. Hymn number 246 this morning. Page number 246. Redeem how I love to proclaim it. We'll sing the first, second, last verse this morning. Hymn number 246. Forever. 
Thank you, Brother Ken. Love that song. Uh, Brother JT, would you come open us up in prayer this morning? Make your way up to the pulpit, if you would. While Brother Collar comes, I've got several requests I want to give you this morning of some folks in our congregation who are hospitalized or suffering today. Uh, Sister Juanita Saul, I had put out earlier this week that she uh, was recuperating and seemed to be on the mend. Uh, regrettably, this week she took uh, pneumonia and uh, is now on a ventilator down at Danville Hospital, and uh, the doctors are not optimistic, but we serve a big God, so we're asking you to remember Sister Juanita. Sister Patsy Gunner is down at Duke Hospital suffering with some blood pressure and heart issues. Pray for Sister Patsy, if you would. Uh, Crystal Castles, that's Chester's wife, his, uh, their sister, her sister, is in the hospital at Martinsville Hospital. Pray for Brother John Wasoski. He's got surgery coming up for kidney stones. He's had a difficult week. Brother Travis Tincher has come home. We praise the Lord for that. We ask you to continue to pray for Sister Nadine's sister, my mother. Man, we got lots to be praying about. But I want to encourage you now for the next few moments, let's put all of that aside. And let's just go to the throne room this morning. I don't know about you, but after a rough week, it's good just to come and worship today, to put our mind on heavenly things and things above, and just forget just a few moments the cares of this world. Brother JT, I love to hear you pray, my friend. I want you to come take us to the throne room, and let's join JT this morning as two or three are gathered in his name. Let's join in the midst. Brother JT. Our Heavenly Father, we... Thank you most of all for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, your great love for us, your love and your rich in mercy. And Father, we thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Father, we thank you for another day that you've given us and your many blessings. We have much to be thankful for. You're truly good to us all. Father, we thank you for the freedom of worship that we still enjoy in this country. We know that every nation does not have this freedom. Help us never take it for granted. We thank you for the privilege to be in your house today. It's truly good to be in the house of the Lord. And Father, we ask your blessings upon the service today that your will would be done in each part, that each part of the service would honor our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask that you would lead and remain the song service this morning. God bless today. Then for our pastors, he comes and preaches the precious word of God. We pray that you'll enable him and empower him, that you will open his mouth to speak the words you would have to speak here this morning, that your word would go into ears and hearts. And Father, you know the heart of each one here this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would seek out and save any that's lost, not only in this service, but everywhere the gospel's preached. For those of us that are saved, we pray that you'll speak to our hearts, that we will grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. For those of us saved, we pray there'll be a time today that sins would be confessed and hearts would be revived. We just pray that you'll speak to every heart. We all have spiritual need here today. And then, Father, for those that are physically sick, we have those, our pastor's mom and sister Gunther and others. And some of these, the doctors say, are very serious, but you're a great God. There's nothing too hard for you to do. And, Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you would heal each one according to your will. Not to prove that you are the God, but that people might know that you are the Lord God. And there's nothing too hard for you to do. And Father, for each one here that has family members are lost, we very much believe that this age of grace is coming to a close. And we ask that you would seek out and save those family members are lost. And Father, for being in the service day that's saved and needs to unite with the church and Father, Lord, and believe us baptism. Father, we pray that you'll speak to that heart in the service this morning. They'll be obedient to you. 
And Father, you said to call unto you and you would answer us and you would show us great and mighty things which we know not. So each prayer request, we pray that you'll answer according to your will, not ours, but your will be done, that the Lord Jesus Christ would receive all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Father, again, we thank you for your great love and giving your son to come to this earth to die for sinners like us. And Father, in Jesus' name, we ask again that you would seek out and save any that's lost. Father, thank you for the privilege of prayer. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother J.J. Love to hear you pray. You can be seated. We're going to do a couple of Kyla songs this morning. Uh, and this is one of my favorite. None of us like to go through the dark places of life. But we often find that that's where we see the sweetness of God. I want you to listen as Brother Ken sings this. He does such a good job. It simply says, sweet things out of dark places.
song this morning uh, simply says it's still the blood. Aren't you glad this morning that 2,000 years after Calvary it is still the blood that saves the lost. Sing it Brother Scott. Sick and lost 
Amen. Thank you so much. No other name given among men but the name Jesus. Let me give you quick announcements this morning. Lots to go over in our bulletin this week. Choir practice next Sunday, 445, and the following Sunday to get ready for our upcoming Easter. Uh, we're doing a couple of new songs, so choir, make sure you're here for us next Sunday. I know it's race weekend. That means you can just camp out here all, way, all day Sunday. But uh, uh, don't forget now, we're also still looking for some volunteers, some men that can help us out with the church grounds. You see uh, Brother Mike Smith about that. I uh, got one more week to sign up for junior camp. If you have not already signed up, we'll, uh, we've got to send that list in next Sunday, a week from today. So moms and dads, if your uh, uh, juniors are thinking of going with us to junior camp, please put their names on the sign-up sheet, which is right out here in our uh, uh, postal area. Then, uh, of course, I'm keeping my personal updated email address in there. Keep that in mind if you would. If you got this about three or four weeks ago, I had a typo in there. So if you sent me something using that address, it probably came back to you. What is there now is correct. So keep that in mind. April the 9th, uh, just a couple of weeks for the wedding shower for Cameron and Courtney. Keep that in mind. And then there is a little bit of a change senior saints that are heading with us on Thursday to Lancaster. Instead of 8 a.m., we are leaving at 8.30 a.m. And uh, don't forget to bring uh, a baby picture, one preferably that is difficult to identify. We'll have a good time as we make our way up there. And then on Sunday, uh, April the 16th, that is, of course, Easter Sunday, or as I like to call it, Resurrection Sunday. Our Judas bags are here at the front. We ask you to please pick one of those up. Uh, and fill it with at least 30 pieces of silver. And the proceeds of that uh, go to help support our Ladies' Jubilee. I love to do that. Uh, it's just a great way on Easter Sunday morning to let our Lord know that we value Him. And so you just keep that in mind. And, of course, the information is there for our Ladies' Jubilee and Homecoming. Uh, and, again, cost is there. That is quickly coming upon us, about five more weeks. Highlight of the year to have Kyla Rowland here for the Ladies' Jubilee. And then, of course, the group on Homecoming Sunday. Kyla is one of the most prolific songwriters in Southern Gospel, and I think a handful of you are new, so you've never perhaps met her, and you've never been a part of a Kyla Rowland service. Uh, let me just tell you, you're in for a treat, so you keep those things in mind if you would. Then uh, I, there's an announcement that I want to go over with some folks that's not here in the bulletin. I've alluded to it for a couple of times. We are going to beginning next week in the month of April, uh, and going, Lord willing, indefinitely, going to a, start a new program here at the church called Adopt to shut in. We've got a, a whole list of shut-ins. There's about 14 on there now. And so we're looking for individual families or individuals who are willing to adopt a shut-in. And what I mean by that is uh, at least once a month you send them a card, at least once a month you give them a phone call, and at least once during a quarter, a, th a, a three-month period, uh, you bring them a meal for those that are able to do that. Some of them are not able to have certain foods, but you can work all of that out. We will alternate every six months on that. And here's the thing I'm going to ask. I'd like for this to do so that uh, a shut-in has someone other than their family member, if that makes sense. So, so for instance, uh, my mother, if someone adopts my mom, I don't want that to be in our family. She sees us regularly. I'd like that to be someone. The same thing for other shut-ins. Rather than someone who's in that family, someone else, uh, if we could. If you're willing and able to help us with that, I want you to see Miss Leanne at any time uh, over the next two weeks. And put your name down. She will match you up with a shut-in. And if this fills up quickly, and if we have more, Miss Leanne, if we have enough for two or three folks to adopt a shut-in, that's okay. 
If we have three families who are adopting a shut-in, that's okay. Uh, we will also ask sometimes, like we do this two or three times a year, where we'll have a special meal, homecoming, uh, where we also do Civil Servant Sunday in August. Uh, if we've got food left over, we'd like to take some of that to the shut-in, so we'll ask you to help us with that as well. So if you're willing to do that, if at some point over the next week to two weeks, if you'd see Miss Leanne, and we'll get those names matched up, uh, uh, we would we would certainly appreciate that. We've got two or three folks here in our congregation who've made it a personal ministry to uh, take care of our shut-ins. Brother Sam is just wonderful about that. Others help as well. We want that to continue. You you can't do this too much for these folks. I want to say this to you, folks. These are these are some of the folks in our church who fought the fight for many years, and I want them to know that in their twilight years, they're not forgotten. And so you help us out with that if you could. And who knows, it might be us who's the shut-in next year. So you just think about that, pray about it if you would. All right, uh, uh, we're going to do a couple of things simultaneously here. In just a few moments, I'm going to get our little ones to come up that are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church in just a moment. Uh, they're going to come up. For those of you that are visiting, they're going to come around and collect any loose change that you have. And, of course, we call this our Penny March. It's used to help support our Ladies' Jubilee. While they're going around, I'm going to get several girls and young teens, if you will come up here as well, and give these out to the ladies. These are some things that we are still looking for for the upcoming Ladies' Jubilee, some details and some information on that, items that are needed and some folks that are still looking for to help with the baskets. And just before we do it, let me say real quickly, hold on, sweetheart. I'm glad to have you back today, darling. Amen. Amen. Uh, just before we do that, let me say a big thank you to those uh, folks who were here late, late, late Friday night. We put out the all call for the ladies to I'm almost scared to tell you this because when we do the next all call, folks won't come. <laughs> but uh, we were here at 1.30 a.m. Uh, Friday night getting this done. And I, we had some sleepers. I won't tell you who fell asleep, but his initials are Josh Lawson. Amen. Preacher couldn't hang with the women. Let's just say it. Amen. And I'll be the first one to tell you, my wife had to come get me off of the recliner in my office. Honey, we're finished. Are you sure? Because I ain't getting up unless you're ready to walk out. Amen. So uh, I appreciate it so much getting things ready for spring and, of course, our upcoming Ladies' Jubilee. So let's do this two things. Let me get, first of all, the girls. Let me get several girls, teenagers, young girls, young ladies. I'm going to give you these to hand out. Uh, come on, quick, quick, quick. Come on, divide them up. Start handing them out. And simultaneously, let me get all the little ones who are heading to Children's Church and Junior Church. You come on, make your way down this morning. Come quickly. They're going to come around and start giving you the uh, or start uh, collecting any loose change for our penny march this morning. Take off, young folks.
All right, young folks, who's heading to Children's Church, Junior Church, come on this morning. for your gifts this morning. You know you're in a Baptist church when uh, the uh, collection for the change is followed up by the offering. Amen. Fellas, come on down this morning. Brother Upchurch, you come get ready to sing for us. You be obedient with God's tithes and your offerings, uh, and the Lord will bless you this morning. Oh, man. Brother Upchurch got handsome over the weekend. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brother Bobby. I'm full of myself this morning. We got an Easter egg, a pair of everything. All right. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Bless the offering. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Amen. Wednesday night, the, one of the last things the preacher said, just one of the very last, he said, I don't know what tomorrow holds, yep. but I know who holds tomorrow. And then yep. as we were closing, Miss Renee played that song, and I said, we're going to sing it Sunday morning. I said, and I've got a special guest. She said, who? I said, I can't tell you. It's a surprise. Evans worked really hard on this song, and you're going to be blessed. Just, we're ready now. I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to Every step 
is getting brighter as the golden stairs I climb and every burden's getting lighter and all the clouds are silver lined and there the sun is always shining and there no tears will dim the eyes at the ending of the rainbow where the mountains touch the sky many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand but I know who holds together for our fellowship song this morning hymn number 194 page 194 there we'll sing the first verse in the course of since jesus came into my heart hymn number 194 then we'll have a time of fellowship what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since jesus came into my heart i have light in my soul for which long i had sought since jesus came into my heart since jesus came into my heart since jesus came into my heart floods of joy o'er my soul like the sea billows roll since jesus came into my heart amen shake some hands Thank you. 
you so much, ladies. Appreciate that this morning. As always, if you are visiting here with us at SAGBC, we are honored and delighted that you're here. You are never more welcome than you are this morning, and we appreciate your presence today. I want to invite everybody, if you would please, to turn to Mark chapter... Turn me up just a smidgen this morning, if you would please. Mark chapter number one. Mark chapter number one. That's great. Thank you. Mark chapter number one, if you would please. Mark chapter number one. Spring has sprung. Amen. Mark, chat, shut up. Mark, chat. Mark chapter 1, please. We're going to read verses 40 through 45 this morning. Mark chapter number 1, verse 40 through 45. This is a story that if you've been in church for very long, if you've been saved for very long, if you've listened to preaching for very long, you have in all likelihood heard. I will tell you that I think this is one of the greatest miracles that Jesus performed while he was on earth. I'm going to share with you why during the course of the message. We often talk about, in reference to Jesus, that he opened blinded eyes, and he did so repeatedly. We talk about him uh, uh, unstopping deaf ears and how the lame would walk and the dumb would talk, and he did all of that on many, many occasions. Even resurrecting someone from the dead, he did that on at least three occasions that we know of. But there is only one incident in Scripture where we find that Jesus healed a leper. He gives the parable of the healing of ten lepers, but this is the only incident where we physically witness where Christ touched a leper. Again, a lot of you are well aware of this. Leprosy was a dreaded disease in Bible days. There was absolutely no known cure. And apart from a divine touch of God, those who contracted the disease of leprosy were confined to a slow, painful, agonizing death. Uh, again, some of you have heard this because that while there are many types, and some of them I think we do a bit of a stretch for in Scripture, there is no doubt that leprosy is a beautiful type of sin today. And I want you to listen carefully. In and of ourselves, there is no cure from sin. The only way for us to experience a cure from the dreaded disease of sin is a divine touch of God. Let's begin reading in Mark chapter number 1, verse number 40. There came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him, and forthwith sent him away 
saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he, this leper, went out, began to publish it much, and to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. Father, thank you for this powerful story. Lord, for the physical healing that is shown in this chapter. Lord, for the beautiful type that it stands for, our spiritual healing, and how we can surely have that today. Lord, I pray your blessings now upon our preaching time. Lord, may it be what you'd have it to be. Lord, may you convict any lost person in the building this morning. And God, I plead with you to draw us all closer to you. Forgive me of any unconfessed sin that I might be used to preach what you've laid upon our hearts. In Jesus' sweet name I pray. Amen. I want to give you one more prayer request. Sister Gillis, lift your hand up so everyone will know who I'm talking about. Lift your hand, sister. Yeah, I want you to pray for Sister Gillis. She goes Tuesday for eye surgery to repair a hole in her eye. She's blind in one eye. She's down here at the front. She's blind in one eye now, and I want you to pray that this, this procedure will not render her blind in her other eye, but that this would be a divine touch as well. I love to begin messages by putting a smile on your face. And I read something this past week that I thought was incredibly appropriate, giving the fact that our senior saints will be traveling up to Lancaster this week to Amish country. There was a little Amish family, mother and a father and their two adult children, who were visiting a mall for the first time. The mother and the daughter were amazed at all the shopping, they're walking around, the brother and the father, being the men that they were, decided just to sit down and relax. As uh, would have it, they sat down in front of an elevator. Neither of them had ever seen an elevator before. They watched in amazement as these two shiny doors opened and closed and opened and closed. Finally, the son looked over at his father and said, Daddy, what is that thing that keeps opening and closing and has those lighted numbers at the top? The father said, Son, to be honest with you, I've never seen anything like it in my life. About that moment, the doors opened, and a hobbled, crippled elderly woman on a cane taps her way into the elevator. The two watch in amazement as the doors close. Thirty seconds later, the doors open. And out walks the most stunningly beautiful woman you've ever seen in your life. Suddenly the father looks over at the son and said, Son, go find your mama. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't believe it's a coincidence that when giving one of the signs to proclaim his own deity, Jesus says the following, the blind receive their sight, 
the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Leprosy is a condition and a disease that in our culture today, in our neck of the woods, we have no dealing with. You must understand that in biblical days, both the physical and the psychological suffering of leprosy was beyond our comprehension. Lepers were not allowed to come into contact with others. By divine law, by, by law of the Jews, they lived a lonely, isolated life. They were required, literally, when they were out in public, to have a cloth over their mouth. And whenever they came into contact visibly with someone, they were commanded to shout, Unclean! Unclean! Letting everyone know that they were to remove themselves from the presence of the leper. The life of the leper was difficult to say the least. Little compassion, no healing, a life forcibly removed from society. They were the very picture of a social outcast. But in this case, something divine happens. Because in this case, this leper has a one-on-one -on -one contact with Jesus Christ. And I want to submit to you this morning that when the hand of faith, even an unclean hand like that of the leper, whenever it is reached out to a holy God, it never comes back empty. And in this moment, in this case, this divine leper experienced the power of his touch. With the help of the Lord this morning, I want to give you a message that is titled just that, The Power of His Touch. I'll give you three things as we look at this little story. Number one, I'd like you to note with me the condition of this leper. The condition of the leper. I ask you to keep in mind as we preach the message the extreme loneliness and pain that this man must have felt every day. Every day he woke up to more of the same. The physical condition of leprosy enacted upon a person's physical characteristic something that we don't even comprehend today. Leprosy, and forgive me for being blunt, but I need to be so so that you understand, leprosy was literally a flesh-eating disease, both internally and externally. Appendages, fingers, Arms, hands would literally drop off as leprosy ate away at the body of its victims. Leprosy was incredibly contagious. That's the reason that lepers were kicked out of society. That's the reason that they had to shout unclean and keep the cloth over their mouths. They were hated, they were unwanted, they were unloved. And nobody wanted them in their presence. But on this day, Jesus was in the midst. Notice, if you would please, his eagerness. We read in verse number 14, excuse me, verse 40, where it says, There came a leper to him, beseeching him. That word, beseeching, 
literally has the idea of a pleading, a summoning, or a begging for help. I'll say again, this leper was in a desperate situation. No doubt, the leper had sought the advice of the medical community and come up empty. No doubt, the leper had sought the medical suggestions of his family and his friends and perpetually came up empty. And day by day by day, grew physically worse and worse and worse, realizing that on this day, there was no one else that could help but the man named Jesus. Listen to me this morning, church. Leprosy is a beautiful type, a beautiful symbol of the spiritual condition we call today sin. And I want you to underscore this and understand this, uh, that all of us uh, have been in the same situation spiritually as was this leper physically. We've all been in the situation spiritually where we grew worse day by day. We all grew in the situation where the doctor could not help the spiritual needs, where the family could not take care of the spiritual problem, where there was no medicine to handle the spiritual condition. We've all been in the situation where the only hope there was was in the divine touch of this man named Jesus. And I submit to you that when Jesus gets in the midst, healing power flows up from his hands, his eagerness. Not only do I want you to see his eagerness, but please note his expression. This blesses my heart. Again, noticing verse 40, there came a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him. Notice that, please. Beseeching him and kneeling down to him. I don't know who told this leper about Jesus, but somebody did. I don't know who explained to this leper that Jesus had divine power in his hands, but somebody did. I don't know who was to be given credit for the fact that this man, this leper, knew that somebody special was passing through, that he wasn't just another doctor, that he wasn't a quack psychologist, that he wasn't some strange pseudo-healer, but that this man was someone who had divine power flowing through his body. And so when he came in contact with Jesus, the first thing he does is find himself in a position that says, uh, I am here to worship you. He's kneeling. Church, please listen to me this morning. Before any of us can ever experience this divine thing that we call salvation, we've got to get to the place where we admit the fact that we are lost sinners in need of a Savior. We've got to come humbly for Him realizing that Jesus is right whatever for whatever is wrong in our lives but we must come to him with an attitude of worship and submission an attitude of superiority will not lead to salvation an attitude of submission to who God is in the face of who we are is what leads to this thing we call salvation the apostle paul who I think was perhaps the greatest preacher who ever stood in a pulpit, said, I die daily, and I am of all men most miserable. Church, would you please listen to me? 
We don't get saved because we're good and ready. We get saved because he beckons us, he calls us, he pulls us under himself. And when we realize our physical condition, our spiritual condition, and our emotional lost state, and we come into the presence of a divine healer worshiping him, that is when we begin to realize the power of salvation, his eagerness. His expression. Note, if you would, please, also in that same verse, verse 40, his expectation. Here's what he says. Kneeling down to him, saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He does not say, Can you do it? He does not say, do you have the power to do it? He doesn't ask, do you have the ability to do it? This sick leper, this man who's physically facing a lifetime of disease, looks kneeling at the Lord, looks up to him and says, if it be your will and if you're willing to, you have the power to make me clean. Would you listen to me very carefully? That is faith. In action. I shared this this morning downstairs in Sunday school. And I'm going to repeat it this morning because it's important for all of us to understand it. We talk a lot about faith. In Baptist churches and in Christian circles, we talk all the time about faith. And if someone were to ask you what is faith, many of us would define it by Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But would you look at me for someone who's not been in church? They don't know what that means. Someone who's not been raised with our nomenclature and our vocabulary and our language, they don't know what our expressions mean. Would you listen to me carefully? Faith is not the power of positive thinking. It's not positivity. It's not looking on the bright side. It's not just hoping things are going to work out. Faith is looking at what God said and acting on it for your daily life. So this man heard and knew that Jesus had the power to touch him. So he didn't question. He didn't wonder. He didn't think about it. He came into the presence of this Savior and he says, You've got the power. You've got the ability. If you're willing, you can heal me. Would you look at me, folks? Uh, we fast forward 2,000 years, uh, and every time a lost sinner walks this aisle paved with grace, uh, they are saying the very same thing. Uh, they're not saying, Lord, can you? Uh, they're not saying, would you? Uh, they're simply saying, Lord, I know where I am, and I know where I've been, and I know what I've done, so I am kneeling in your presence. I'm coming before a holy God in my sinful state, and God, if you're willing, you can clean me up today. That's salvation by faith. Notice, number one this morning, not only do we see the condition of the leper, but I want you to notice the compassion of the Lord. The condition of the leper is one that everybody could see. The condition of the leper is one that everyone experienced when they looked at him.
But you got to hear me, church, this morning. The compassion of the Lord took everybody by surprise. Look, if you would, please, at verse number 41. The first part there. Notice what it says. The Holy Spirit tells us of a surety. Jesus moved with compassion. By all accounts, Jesus it gave this man a compassionate touch. A compassionate touch. Please listen to me. This, this is, a, I think, the most important part of the message this morning. I have no doubt that it had been a long time since somebody showed this fella a little bit of compassion. It had been a long time since somebody showed a tad bit of niceness to this man. It had been a long time since someone had it showed the least expression of love to this man. Why, pastor? Because he was a leper. And lepers were unclean. And lepers were contagious. But honey, you look at me. When Jesus looked at him, he didn't see a leper. Amen. He saw somebody who needed help. Somebody who needed a touch. Somebody who needed a divine healing. And you listen to me, church. When you get saved, there's probably some folks who walk an aisle and they've not had a moment of compassion in many years. The church has maybe rejected them. Their family might have rejected them. Their friends might have rejected them. They might be a drug addict. They might be an alcoholic. They might be a drunk, they might be a whoremonger and maybe everybody around is gabbing what they are but I'm glad to tell you this morning that Jesus doesn't see a drunk he doesn't see a drug addict he doesn't see a whoremonger he sees somebody who's walking an aisle paved by grace, who's stretching out a hand of faith and he immediately responds with a compassionate touch not only was it a compassionate touch? I want you to understand it was also a concerned touch. If you're right in your Bibles, I want to encourage you to underline the next little clause. Please look at verse 41 again. Jesus moved with compassion. Note this. Put forth his hand and touched him. <laughs> Whoop. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. We see that and we read it like it's no big deal. You must understand in Christian society of the day or I should say Jewish society of the day this was the unthinkable Nobody did this. Nobody touched a leper. Leprosy was imminently contagious. And lepers were forbidden to come into contact with someone else. And those around were forbidden to reach out and touch a leper. Here's what I want you to understand. And it's the part of the message that excites me the most because it's the part that just dawned on me last week. Jesus 
could have cured this man without ever touching him. Jesus could have simply spoken the word as he did on many occasions. He didn't have to touch him this morning or that morning. He didn't have to lay his hand upon him. He didn't have to reach out and touch him. He didn't have to come into physical contact with him. So the question must be asked, why did he? I think Jesus was making a very plain statement. When that man fell at his feet and said, if you will to, you can make me clean. I believe Jesus reached down his hand and for the first time in perhaps 10, 15 years, this man felt the touch of another and what it said was, I love you. I love you. I don't care how unclean you are. I love you. I don't care what everybody says about you. I love you. I don't care what the people think about you. I l this ought to make a dried up Baptist run an aisle. Because would you look at me this morning? There ain't a one of us in the building that weren't in the same situation as that leper. Honey, he didn't have to touch me. He didn't have to touch you. He didn't have to rescue you out of the sorry state of affairs where he found you. He didn't have to take you out of the sin. He didn't have to remove you from the drunkenness. He didn't have to remove you from the perversion. But he loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you. He loves you so much that he hung on a cross and bled for you. So the... The moment that you knelt, he spiritually reached over the side of heaven, touched you and said, I love you. It was a compassionate touch. It was a concerned touch. But I want you to understand, it was also a complete touch. Look, if you would, please, at verse 41. Jesus put forth his hand. Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, touched him, and said unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him. And instantaneously, he was clean. Immediately, he was cleansed. For those of you that are of my age, you remember when chicken pox was still very much a part of the daily existence. How many of you ever had chicken pox? Amen. Many of... There's some, like, four-year-olds raising their hand. I ain't got no idea what I'm talking about. Chicken pox, most of you know, was that virus that when you got it, you broke out with bumps everywhere. You could tell within five seconds of looking at someone what was going on, and the only thing to think when you looked at them was, ooh, and you don't touch them. You don't come around them. 
because it was incredibly contagious. And I remember being in third grade when I got chicken pox. Uh, and what a surprise, uh, 20 of the 24 people in my class also got chicken pox. It spread everywhere. Calamine lotion. That little pink bottle that didn't work a dub. Oatmeal baths didn't work the least. All you had to do was wait it out. I remember my mother telling me, Greg, stop scratching. It'll leave a scar. Are you kidding me? My skin is crawling. And you're telling me to stop scratching? We go to the doctor. The doctor says, yep, you're right, Mrs. Hodges. It's chicken pox. There's not a thing we can do. It's got to run its course. Treat him with calamine lotion and an oatmeal bath. Didn't do a doggone thing. You just had to suffer through it. But imagine instead, if I had gone to that doctor, and he looked at me and said, oh, I've got the cure. I've got the answer. All I got to do is reach out and touch you, and you ain't got to go fill a nary prescription. You don't need to come back in two weeks and let me check you again. You don't have to check out. All you got to do is let me reach out and touch you. And as soon as I do, every bump is gone. Every itch is gone. The virus is gone. You will be immediately cleansed. Would you look at me this morning? That's the power of our Savior. That's the power of our Lord. That's the power of Jesus. I've I am glad to report to you this morning uh, that when you reach out to him in faith, uh, you ain't got to wait for next week uh, or next month uh, or the next message. Uh, his faith, uh, his touch, uh, his grace is instantaneous. Uh, it is immediate and it's all inclusive. Amen. Notice if you would, finally this morning, we said number one, the condition of the leper. Number two, the compassion of the Lord. But then I want you to notice number three, the command of the Lord. Jesus mandates something here that is by all accounts unusual. Look, if you would, please, at verse 43. He gives this man a charge. It's very strange. He says in verse 43, straightly charged him. Forthwith sent him away, saith unto him, See thou, say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Can I paraphrase that? Jesus says, hey, buddy, you that I've just divinely touched, you that have just experienced a divine healing, listen to me carefully. Don't tell anybody. Don't go telling anybody. You need to listen to what I'm about to say. It's important. Go to the temple and do what Moses commanded. What did Moses command? Would you keep your bookmarker here? Please turn to Leviticus chapter 14. 
It's very important that you see this. Because in this passage, you will understand why the Lord gives the commandment that He gave. Leviticus chapter 14. When you find Leviticus chapter 14, you will see that it is a very long chapter. In fact, it is 57 verses. One of the longest chapters in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. And you get a summary of this chapter in the last clause of verse 57. Verse 57, the very last clause says, This is the law of leprosy. In verse 57, chapter 14, the Lord gives to Moses exactly what's supposed to happen when somebody experiences a cleansing or a healing from leprosy. It was a lengthy process. A whole series of things that were supposed to happen and when they all finalized and finished, then that man was Levitically rendered clean. Go back to verse 1 of that chapter because there's something here that you need to see Leviticus chapter 14 verse number 1 the Lord spake unto Moses saying this shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing he shall be brought unto the priest and the priest shall go forth out of the camp and the priest shall look and behold if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper then shall the priest command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water and for the living bird he shall take it and the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water and he shall sprinkle upon him that is to be cleansed from leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. Now folks, this is step one of a multi-step process. And I want to remind you that we are not yet in Mark chapter 1 in the age of grace. That would not happen until uh, Jesus said it is finished uh, and the curtain veil is rent from top to bottom. That would usher in uh, a new epoch, a new pirate, if you will, the age of grace, a new dispensation. Right now, we're still in the age of the law. And you have to understand this. When Jesus says to this leper, you've been cleansed, 
Go now do what Moses said. What Moses said is this. Call the priest. He said, you can't go to where the priest is because you're on the outside. But the priest will come to where you are. <laughs> you can't go to the priest because you're still unclean. But the priest will come to where you are. And the priest will take two birds. Both of them will be alive. And over running water, the priest will, pardon me, slit the throat of one of the birds. We say how graphic, how gross. Uh, may I remind you, without the shedding of blood, there is no salvation. There is no remission of sins. Blood is not a new thing in the Bible. Blood's been there since there was a garden of Adam and Eve, a garden of Eden and Adam and Eve. May I submit to you this morning that when the blood was captured in the earthen vessel, the hyssop branch was to take it and dab it on the wings of the living bird. And the living bird was to be set free. And the, 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 the person with leprosy would stand there and would realize that by the fleeing, by the blood, by the removal of sin, by the blood, I have been deemed clean. That's step one. There are many, many other steps to come. And we look at that and we say, why would Jesus tell him not to say anything to anybody? Please get this, folks. Jesus' popularity was beginning to explode. But when folks looked at him, what they saw was a magician. What they saw was a miracle worker. They didn't see a Messiah. Please listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. And please get this if you get nothing else. We celebrate the miracles of Christ as we should, but He was not here just to render miracles. He didn't come here just to touch eyes or ears or even heal leprosy. Jesus came, according to Luke 19.10, to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus wisely knew that if you go out and you tell everybody, they'll come wanting more magic. They'll come wanting more touches. And nobody will be interested in the message They'll only want the miracles. Go back to our text this morning. We're nearly done. Mark chapter number 1. Because you need to see what happened. In verse 45, he went out and began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch Jesus could no more openly enter into the city was without in desert places. They came to him from every quarter. Please don't misunderstand me. I understand that man's excitement. If you were in his condition, would you not be excited as well? Amen. But instead of doing what he was instructed... He went out and he told everybody. 
please do not think that this passage says we should not tell folks about God's saving touch. But this is what the passage says. Because of this man's disobedience, Jesus had to leave the city. Many would not be able to hear the message because he had to flee to the desert to do the preaching. Here's what I want you to get this morning, and it is so critical. My very last statement, a life of obedience is absolutely essential to those who've been touched by the Master. A life of obedience. And it's not just obeying the things we like. A life of obedience is essential for those of us that know the Lord. I'll close with one statement as you stand to your feet this morning. Jesus said, I would rather have obedience than sacrifices. Come to the piano, honey. Miss Lisa, Brother Ken, as everyone stands this morning, the power of His touch still transforms lives today. So I'll ask you just two quick questions as you bow your heads and close your eyes. No one is looking. I'll ask you two very quick questions. Is there anyone in the building this morning that would just be simply honest and say, Pastor, there are some things in my life for which I need and can only find relief under the power of the touch of God. Need His touch this morning. I'm seeing an awful lot of hands that go up. Bless your heart for your honesty. You may put those down. I want to encourage every person that raised your hand. There are many folks who are already moving. For anybody in the building that raised your hand, could I encourage you to step out right now? Don't even wait for the next question. Don't wait for another word. Don't wait for another note. Just make your way to this altar right now. Need the touch of God. I got to ask you one more question before Brother Ken sings just a verse. Is there anyone in the building that would be very candid? Say, Pastor touch that I need is a saving touch I'm not even sure of my own eternal destiny and I'm asking for your prayer this morning preacher I need to be saved is there anyone like that this morning pastor pray for me father thank you for the honesty of the folks this morning bless our invitation in Christ's name brother Ken's going to sing just a note hold on honey I'm going to invite any of our ladies to come down here and pray with sister Gillis as she comes to tomorrow or Tuesday to face eye surgery, I want you to just gather around and pray for her. And anybody else who needs a touch of God this morning, whatever it is, you come while Brother Ken sings this just a verse.